the 28th chapter of the book of Matthew and the 18th verse. And if you found that, say amen. amen. The Bible teaches tonight, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Can I just stop right there? And every one of us ought to clear us off a spot. And if you're saved tonight, that ought to make you happy to know that your big brother has all power in heaven and in earth. Verse 19 and 20, the Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You can be seated. Father, we come to you tonight. Father, we need you more than we've ever needed you before. Lord, we need you tonight, God, to anoint your preacher. We need you tonight, Lord, to hide us behind the shadow of the cross. We need you tonight, God, to give us a fresh anointing. Lord, we need you tonight to purge us, cleanse our minds and empty us of selves, and fill us tonight with your Spirit. Father, I pray that you'll preach the Word of God. But Lord, I pray tonight, dear God, Lord, that everything that would be spoken would be filtered through the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, I pray tonight, God, that you'd anoint my lips of clay, anoint my stammering tongue, and anoint my feeble mind. God, we thank you. We love you. I pray you'd save the sinner, reclaim the backslider, encourage the child of God, and help us this night. We ask and pray that you'll save the sinner, reclaim the one that's gone astray, and Lord, I say again, encourage the child of God. I love you and thank you in Jesus' name. All of God's people says. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture. If you don't want to follow along, you can write this down. So I'm giving you forewarning that I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture. And I'm going to try to teach before I preach. I know that I, that's not customary the way that I normally preach. I normally come out of the gate running wide open. I know that. That's just the way I'm wired. I've tried to change, but I ain't changing unless God changes me. And tonight I truly believe that this is what the Lord has laid for this hour According to the Word of God, the Scripture teaches tonight in the Gospel according to St. Matthew in words of red that you and I that are saved received a commandment from the Lord. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching all or teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I believe we ought to be a mission-minded church. Amen. This scripture stands on the mission statement. I believe that we ought to be mission-minded. He did not say, go to Pocatalico. 
Amen. He did not say stay on Tupper's Creek. But he said, go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You pray for me, I'm getting preachy already. Tonight I'd like to look at this statement, understanding the relationship. I think that if we understood the relationship a little better, I think we would be more mission-minded. Let me explain what I mean by that. Jesus makes a statement in verse 19. He says, and I'll call this 19b if you will, in the latter portion of 19 He says, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you tonight that there has never been a time that God was not and there will never be a time that God is not. Did you catch that? He always has been and He always will be. That I was not to enter into the gates of glory where there'll not be any more war there'll not be any more misunderstandings there'll not be any more sickness there'll not be any more death there'll not be any more chicken legs there'll not be any more pain and problems in this life we're going to have a new body likened unto the Lord he told us here in Matthew 28 to uh, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Look with me tonight. Psalms 90 verse 1 and verse 2. We see that God is eternal. I've already told you tonight that God always has been. and God always will be. Psalms 90 verse 1 uh, says, Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. I'm glad God is not just for this generation. I'm glad God was not just for that generation. But I'm glad this generation can know that the God that moved in that generation can move in this generation. Amen. God is eternal. He said uh, in, again in Psalms, uh, uh, well, it's in John 8 and 58, Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Do you realize he said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning. Amen. Well, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying God always has been and God always will be. But, preacher, how does that relate to understanding the relationship? Well, I'm glad you asked me tonight because he said three points. He said, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you tonight that there is a triune God uh, that we serve? Well, what do you mean by the triune God? Uh, uh, do you know tonight that Colossians 2 and 9 says, For in Him dwelleth all the fullness 
of the Godhead bodily. What's that mean, preacher? That means he is the total package. Amen. Well, preacher, well, how are, what are you telling me? I'm telling you tonight that according to the Word of God, and I believe we'll prove that tonight, and I believe we stand on the Word of God, I believe tonight that we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, or God the Holy Ghost, and they are three separate persons. Amen. But they are all one. Amen. Each one is co-equal with the other. You say, preacher, I don't understand how that can be. Well, can I stop right here and tell you? Somebody tell me what I got in this bottle. No. Water is just the... Wait a minute. This is H2O. Water is just the form that it's in. But if you take this bottle and you put it in a temperature range below 32 degrees, it turns into what? The property is still H2O. <laughs> you take this, amen, you take this and you put it in a temperature range of 212 degrees Fahrenheit and what starts to happen? Starts to boil and what comes off that boiling? Steam, a vapor. It's still H2O, but it's in three different persons. You'll get that about 2 o'clock in the morning. Whoa! God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. God the Father, amen, He thought it. Amen. God the Son bought it. And God the Holy Ghost brought it. Amen. What do you mean? We serve a triune God. We serve a God tonight that, thank God, uh, if you ever get a hold of Him uh, the way that He's got a hold of you, uh, you won't look for anything else. He is the total package. Uh, we see tonight the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6, uh, we see God the Father. We see the Bible says, but to us there is but one God, the Father. Amen. What, what are you saying tonight, preacher? I'm saying tonight that there is one God, but we thank God have Him in three persons. Amen. How many of you know tonight that we see in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, that I've already quoted in your hearing, that we have God the Son. But in God, in John, chapter 1, verse 14, we see the Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The only begotten of the Father. The only begotten of the Father. The only begotten of the Father. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. What's that mean? That means He begat Him. That means God the Son is out of God the Father. Amen. Amen, amen. You cannot separate them. And let me just stop right here and answer your phone if it's ringing. Amen. Neighbor, if you're one of them Jesus-only crowd, you can't have Jesus-only unless you get God the Father and God the Holy Ghost. You can't separate them. You've got to have them all. You can't take part of it and say, well, I'm going to do it this way. You've got to take the entire Word of God. God in three persons. You say, preacher, are you teaching? No, I ain't teaching too good. 
We see God the Holy Spirit. John 4 and 24. Just after Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. We find this conversation at the well. The Bible teaches this statement as Jesus is speaking and this is in words of red. He simply makes this little four-word statement. He said, God is a spirit. (laughs) Do you realize tonight, help me Lord Jesus, and they that worship Him must worship Him in... Now, I'm just going to make everybody think about this statement. I ain't trying to make anybody mad, but I'm going to prove it by the Word of God. Do you know it is impossible for a human being to worship God unless they are saved? Huh. Amen. I heard that, Vicky. If you say, Amen, it'll all go together real good, but let me prove it to you tonight. The Bible teaches that God is a spirit. Amen? And those that worship Him must worship Him. Well, you, you missed the word. Must. Must. The only way that I can worship Him in spirit is if I have His spirit living in me. We're going to show you this as we go throughout the Scripture. Preacher, why do you say that? Because if you don't have God's Spirit living in you, and I'm going to prove this again, uh, if you don't have God's Spirit living in you, you are dead. You don't have a Spirit. Your Spirit is dead. I'm going to prove it. I can see right now some of you is just looking at me, and uh, you just pray for me is all I can tell you. Amen. Uh, You understand tonight, John 14 and 26, the Bible says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, watch this statement, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Well, preacher, why is that so important tonight? Do you realize tonight, and I know you've heard me quote this, I, you know, or I, I know that you've heard this, that the Word of God is the only book that has ever been penned uh, that if you're saved, when you read it, the author is always present with you. Well, preacher, why, why is that so important tonight? Look at that statement in John 14 and 26. Uh, according to the Word of God, after the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name... Uh, He shall teach you all things. Do you realize we, when we were born of our birth parent, when we were born of our mother, we did not have the ability to worship God? Well, preacher, I understand about the Spirit of God not living in you, but after I'm saved, uh, uh, am I automatically... Uh, do I automatically know how to worship? No, you, you miss what John fourteen twenty six said. He said, He shall teach you all things. Do you realize when we worship God, uh, if we are focused on anything outside of God, uh, we're not able to worship Him correctly? What do you mean by that? 
Sister Electa, I'm not going to embarrass you, but Sister Electa uh, posted something on Facebook about a... Uh, that wasn't here at Union Valley, was it, Electa? I'm just teasing. Sister Electa posted on Facebook, uh, a, a lady came to the pastor and said, Pastor, I'm leaving the church. Now, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm not going to get it all right. But she said, Pastor, I'm leaving the church. Uh, and the pastor said, well, do you mind if I ask the question why? And she said, well, said uh, all these people are uh, uh, just distracting. They're talking. They're playing on their phones. And they're doing things. I, and I just can't. Uh, I just, I just, I'm having a tough time with it. She, and, and the pastor said, well, would you do me one favor before you leave the church? And, he said, and she said, yes. He said, will you take a cup of water and fill it all the way up and walk around the church, the whole church, uh, a couple of times uh, and don't spill any of it? She said, yeah, I'll do that. So I can picture the lady. <laughs> well, help me, Lord. I can picture... I can picture a lady. I can picture a lady walking around the church with a cup of water. She came back to the pastor and she said, Pastor, I did it and I didn't spill any of the water. He said, you didn't, how did you not spill any of the water? She said, because I was too focused on watching the water and making sure that I... And he said, that's exactly what we're supposed to do when we come to the house of God. If you're off looking at what this one's doing over here, uh, your mind's not on worshiping the Lord. Uh, if you're my, my neighbor, uh, if your mind is over here, well, I wonder what this kid's are doing. Uh, I wonder why this one is doing that. Uh, hey, uh, we need to move up uh, and get our eyes on Jesus uh, and lift Him up tonight. I said to First Church of Pastor. Uh, can't, ain't that awful? I can't remember his name. He sat on the front row about exactly where Pastor John is tonight. And I asked him one time, he said, I said, uh, how come you sit on the front row? And he said, well, he said, I always used to sit in the back. He said, but I noticed that I kept watching everybody else. Huh. Maybe y'all don't relate to that statement. But let's be honest. The farther back, and I ain't preaching against the back road. Dale Carmen, I ain't preaching about y'all. Rhonda shooting up the neighborhood. Ain't, shoot, ain't, ain't uh, trying to embarrass anybody. All I'm saying, the farther back you are, the more chance there is for distractions. <laughs> and this bunch up here, they see it all. I can't. <laughs> Y'all pray for Alicia. She acknowledged, I seen it all, preacher. Preacher, tonight, what are you simply saying? All I'm simply saying tonight is He who the, uh, the Father has sent, the Holy Ghost, He will teach you all things. If we come to the house of God and we have not prayed today, chances are you're not going to worship. And I'll just go on a little farther. Chances are, if you haven't been in the book, you ain't going to worship. Hmm. Well, preacher, I, that, that song Sister Vicky sung, it just spoke to me, and I had bumps up my, uh, my arms. Well, I'm glad that you were blessed, but that's not worship. See, you're focusing on the song Vicky sang. What we need to be focused on is He who died on the cross. 
The Bible said that if as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. That if we'll lift him up, he will draw all men unto him. Preacher, that was a good word you gave uh, last ser- or two services ago. That was a good word. Well, what did I preach about? Well, I just can't remember it all. And that was a good word, huh? You understand what I'm saying? Is we've got to bear witness. And how do we bear witness? Our spirit cannot bear witness with each other unless we're operating under the same spirit. I could have this bottle of water and I could have some ice chunks in it and I could have both forms of H2O, ice and uh, uh, water in the bottle. But they're all in the bottle. Tonight we're in the church. Our minds ought not be on the thunderstorm. Our minds ought not be on uh, the politics. Uh, our minds ought not be on what's going on in the White House. Uh, our minds ought to be one uh, going on what's going on in God's house. Uh, you understand tonight uh, that there's got to be some preparation uh, before we come to the house of God. Uh, neighbor, we've got to put God first. Uh, we've got to make up our minds. Uh, God, I'm going to go to church tonight uh, and I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. Uh, I'm going to lift up thy name. Uh, you understand stand tonight, honey, that if I come to be seen, then I'm in the wrong. But if I come so He can be seen. Amen. I'm not above amen of my own teaching even if it ain't teaching too good. We see tonight that He gave us three statements in one. He said, in the name of God the Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So I want to show you tonight there's a couple of trinities. We see that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost is the trinity. Would you agree with me right there? Well, how many of you realize tonight that you have a trinity? I can tell right now. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. Write that down or go there with me. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. I want you to realize tonight that you also have a trinity. Well, preacher, why? What does that have to do with anything? If my trinity, which is my three, are in agreement with God's three, (laughs) then we're going to get somewhere. Because we're all rowing the boat in the same direction. Look what the Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, he made this statement. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole, what's that? Spirit and what? Soul and what? Body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. Now let me make sure that we clean this thing up. You were not born with a trinity. (laughs) You were born incomplete. And I hate to break that to you. You were only born with the body and the soul. Spirit was dead. (laughs) Church, if you ain't with me on this thing, you just say, Amen, preacher, I'm going home. Because I'm going to preach in just a minute. 
And I'm just telling you tonight, we've got to be in agreement that the Word of God teaches that man has a trinity. But man was not born that way. But the first man was. See, at one time, when God made Adam, He made him, He formed him with His own hands, and God breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of man, and man became a living And the Spirit in the Greek teaches us that it means God breathed. <laughs> you, you, God breathed. You know what He did? God's Spirit went into Adam. Thank God tonight, neighbor. You understand, honey, that when you get born again, God's Spirit, He quickens us. He alives us. He brings us to life. He makes us live. And He makes you a living soul. Watch this. Hebrews 4 and 12. You say, preacher, the Spirit and the soul is the same thing. Now, I disagree with you. I'm going to give you Bible. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, uh, piercing even to the dividing. Did you catch that? To the dividing asunder of, of what? Soul and spirit. So if the soul and the spirit are one, then it can't be separated. The bottle and the H2O are two. They can be separated. I'm, help me, Jesus. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Romans 5 and 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Did you catch that? And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. I'm not a sinner because of what my dad did. I'm not a sinner because of what my mommy did. I'm a sinner because of what Adam did back there in the garden. And when Adam backslid on God, when Adam walked away from God, when Adam fell out of fellowship with God, the Spirit died. Are you with me? If you ain't with me, you ain't going to like the rest of it. The Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So if God has a trinity and man has a trinity, let's look at the Word of God. I've already given you uh, Genesis 2 and 7 as I quoted just a minute ago. I want you to realize tonight that God has given us a spirit. Amen. What do you mean by that, preacher? Uh, our spirit, now I'm talking to the Christian tonight, the sinner does not have the spirit. They're dead. Amen. They got a sign on the door out of business. Amen. The Christians got a sign on the door that says under new management. Huh. Job 27 and 3. 
Job said, all the while my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. Proverbs 20 and verse 27, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The Spirit and the soul and the body. The Spirit is the conscience of man. The Spirit of God is what makes our spirit alive. And the more we get into His Word, what bothers God will bother us. And when we do something wrong, amen, Facebook don't have to tell you it's wrong. Twitter don't have to put out a tweet it's wrong. When the Christian does something wrong, the Holy Ghost of God. Down on the inside. I mean, you can't reach down. I mean, has there ever been a guilt in your Christian walk that you just could not take care of? No matter how many times you've went to the altar, maybe, maybe nobody else struggles. No matter how many times you've confessed your fault to the Lord, why, preacher, would I still feel that way? Because one of the hardest things for a person to do is to forgive their selves. Why is that, preacher? I've often wondered, why is that? Because the closer we get to God, the more that bothers God, bother us. The bigger we make Him, the smaller we realize we really are. You understand tonight, if we ever needed Him before, we sure do need Him now. God's Spirit living inside of you has quickened your spirit. And you're alive. And now you've got the goods. Your spirit has now added to the broken part of your life. The broken part was the soul and the body. You were incomplete. You know the Holy Spirit of God, when He quickens your spirit, you know going to buy a new car every time you turn around will not satisfy the void in your life. Amen. Amen. Building a new home every ten months will not satisfy the void in your life. But getting born again, it ain't like putting a square peg in a round hole. I mean, when you get born again, it's a perfect fit. The Scripture teaches tonight in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8. I want you to watch this, church. Now, I know that, I know that uh, the context of this Scripture is he's speaking about the Antichrist, but I want you to pay attention to the last part of this Scripture. He says, and then, that, and then shall that wicked be revealed. Let me stop right there. There's a comma. I want to stop and say that wicked that will be revealed is the Antichrist. Watch this statement. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth. Do you remember in the book of Ephesians when we put on the armor of, Christ, uh, of God, we've got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Are you with me? The shield of faith. What what we got in our hand? Sword of what? Of the Spirit. Right here is the sword. 
And the sword will never do you any good until you got the Spirit. You say, preacher, I, I sit down and I read the Word of God and I just don't understand it. Get born again. I can tell right now that went over like a lead balloon at a carnival. What do you mean, get born again? If you're born again, we've got to pray when we don't understand something. And because you're born again, that same Jesus that's sitting on the right hand of God, making intercession for us, He'll send by His Spirit, He'll send the answer. Preacher, do you understand it all? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I do not understand all of the Word of God. But that which I do not understand, I pray about. And I seek the Lord. Not just for a Saturday morning. There's times that I've been in this church and there's been scriptures. Matter of fact, last service, wasn't it, Pastor John? I come and complimented what the Lord did. I told Pastor John... After he got done preaching uh, on uh, Luke 15, after he was preaching on uh, the prodigal son, I've studied that, I've read it, I've preached it, but God taught me something in that message that Pastor John preached that night. Well, what are you saying? All I'm saying tonight is the Word of God is alive. The Word of God is a consuming fire. And if you don't understand it now, don't lay the book down. If you don't understand it now, don't throw in the towel. It ain't time to quit. It's time to pull up your boots, lace up the straps, buckle down, and let's put our head down and do the work that God called us to do. What is that, preacher? Remember remember what I read? He said, go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them all things. Well, how am I going to teach them all things if I don't understand? Keep learning. If you've gotten to the point in your Christian life where you believe you've arrived, maybe you set yourself up for a big fall. We've never arrived. Paul made a statement. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul went on to say that he pressed toward if the greatest preacher outside of the Lord Jesus Christ and John the Baptist said that he was still pressing. That tells me they're still pressing for me to do. Neighbor, we ain't made it yet. We got to keep working. Watch this tonight. The scripture says tonight, you say, Preacher, I don't understand about the Spirit and you saying we were born incomplete. Well, James 2 and 26. This is the one you might have been waiting on. James 2 and 26. For as the body without the Spirit is dead. And by the way, that's King James. Amen. You realize this is scriptural proof that you were born incomplete. I was born a dead man. You were born a dead person. Had the body, had the looks... Had the soul, God desired for that fellowship between Him and you. But you couldn't fellowship with Him until you got the Spirit. Until the Spirit became alive. James 2 and 26, I'll read it again. 
For as the body without the Spirit is dead. John 5 and 21. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them. What's that word quickeneth mean? It means to make alive. Even so the Son quickeneth whom He will. Do you realize tonight that you didn't find God? He found you. And if you think, if we think, if you think on Facebook, if we think we'll wait until our deathbed and get saved, neighbor, you can't get saved until God draws you. You can't do it on your terms. You can't make a deal with God. God, I'm going to do this. If you'll do this for me, I'll serve you. You can't make a deal with God. You've got to meet Him on His terms. Am I right about it? God also gave us a soul. He gave the human being a soul. Uh, In Psalm 63 and verse 1, the psalmist said, In Psalm 63 and 1, the psalmist said, O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. Your soul is your intellect, your emotion, your desire. Psalms 103 and verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know what the psalmist was doing? He was worshiping God. But he could not worship God without the Spirit of God. Well, preacher, that's Old Testament. How many of you know that God even chose some Old Testament people for the Holy Spirit of God to come upon them? Preacher, I don't believe that. How about the prophet? I remember when the prophet died and somebody else died and they threw that dead person in the same tomb that the bones of the old prophet were. Amen. What happened? Amen. That dead man, he got over and he touched them bones of that prophet that was full of the Holy Ghost and that dead man came alive. The book. You understand I was a dead man walking. Honey, but thank God Jesus found me. He came down where I was. He came to me. I didn't go to him. He extended to me grace and he saved my wretched soul. You know what he did? He quickened my spirit. He made me alive. Preacher, you can't teach too good. Well, I already knew that. Psalms 16 and 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. This is a psalmist speaking, and before this is taken out of context, this word hell in the Hebrew, it is Sheol, and it is the grave, it is the holding place, if you will. Well, let me just put it in another statement. It's Abraham's bosom. It's paradise. Remember when the thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. That's what's wrong. We don't believe. Remember what Jesus said. He said, as Jonas was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. Hail at one time was divided. One side of hell was Sheol. 
It was Abraham's bosom. It was a holding place for the Old Testament saints. <laughs> the other side of hell was fire. Amen. Torment. Amen. Suffering. Yeah. It was Hades. Preacher, I don't believe that. Well, go with me if you want to. I'm just going to quote it a little bit. Now the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 16. And you'll find that there was a man by the name of Lazarus. And according to the word of God, he laid at the gate of the rich man. And according to the word of God, the dogs licked his wounds. And according to the word of God, uh, the rich man. Honey, the Bible teaches that the rich man died. Uh, and in hell, uh, he lift his eyes. Uh, but the rich man died. Uh, and in hell, he lift his eyes. Uh, well, what about that beggar? That beggar by the name of Lazarus. Uh, the Bible says he died. Uh, and he was carried by the angels uh, into Abraham's bosom. Uh, neighbor, do you realize uh, the children of God uh, has got a ride waiting on them? <laughs> Preacher, I just don't know about that. I don't care if you know about it or not. It don't change the book. <laughs> you know what? I got a ride waiting on me. If I go by the grave, I believe the Lord's going to send me two angels. I believe they're going to carry me. Amen. But you know what? I don't think I'm going to die by the grave. And I still got a ride waiting on me. Well, you mean you got a ride waiting on me? It ain't no 2011 key out there on the parking lot. Amen. It ain't no Jeep. You understand the ride, honey, that we've got? It's simply this. The Bible said with the last trump of God shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive shall, thank God, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the air. Neighbor, do you understand the sinner doesn't get a ride? Amen. Honey, the sinner doesn't get a ride, but the child of God's got a ride waiting on him. We've got an escort. Neighbor, the child of God ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. Now watch this. Preacher, are you still on soul? Yeah, I'm still on soul. The Bible teaches that Jesus spoke in Matthew 10 and 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. You mean the soul can be killed? Yeah. But rather fear them which is fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body, where? In hell. Do you realize the child of God upon death, their body goes back to the ground? Amen. The skin worms, as Job said, are going to devour the flesh, the spirit, and the soul of the child of God. <laughs> Paul said to be absent from the body. Preacher, I believe in soul sleeping. You're believing it wrong. You're believing it wrong, ma'am. Sir, you got it wrong. He said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You can go lay in the ground if you want to. I got a ride waiting on me. <laughs> See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> you understand what the preacher's saying tonight. My hope is not in a grave plot. 
My hope, thank God's not in a cemetery. My hope is not in somebody coming to cut the grass over my grave. Neighbor, I'm not going to be there. My hope is in the blood. And my hope is with the Lord tonight. Understanding the relationship. Preacher, are you saying I shouldn't go to the cemetery? No, I'm not saying that. Don't take it out of context. What I'm saying tonight is my hope is not laying in the cemetery up there at uh, uh, Montgomery Gardens, below Montgomery. My hope's not laying up there on the side of the hill. You understand that, church? My hope's not out here at Sissonville Memorial Gardens. My hope is in a city built four square. Abraham's, Abraham was looking for a city, Bob, whose builder and maker is God. Hey, neighbor, uh, thank God there's going to be a street of gold. One street. Uh, no F on the end of that. Uh, thank God it's going to have walls of jasper, uh, gates of pearl. Uh, there's going to be a river of life. Uh, and it starts uh, at the throne of God. And I got me a ride. Not only I got me a ride, Brother Jeff, I got me a mansion. I'm paying payments. I have to work two years after I die to pay everything off. I'm paying payments on an old house up there that's fallen down. Listen to me. But I got a mansion. Not built with hands. <laughs> Preacher, where do you get that from? Jesus said in John 14. Hey man, I'm still in the book. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Preacher, what are you saying? All I'm saying is the Christian has got it better than the sinner. Look here with me as we're trying to get through the soul. You say, preacher, I believe the soul goes and sleeps. Well, I'm going to debunk that theory. Genesis 35 and 18. This is Brother Jacob's wife, Rachel. And she was dying. She was giving birth to her son, Benjamin. The Bible says, and it came to pass in Genesis 35 and 18. As her soul was in departing. Preacher, I might need to think about that. Either you is or you ain't. Her soul was in departing. What's that mean? That means the ship has left the dock. That means the plane has taken off. That means the soul leaves the body. I've had them argue with me inside of the house of God. Neighbor, I'm giving you the Word of God. No, let me just clarify. Not here at Union Valley. I ain't never had nobody, and if you're going to argue with me not, you better step back because I ain't arguing mood. I'm giving you the book. You don't agree with it, take it up with Him. I didn't write it, I just recite it. Amen. I got all kind of hate mail coming in on Facebook. I can hear it right now. Matthew, or Mark 9 and 46. Where their worm dieth not. And the fire is not quenched. Where is that? 
in hell. But can I tell you, I hate to upset somebody's theology, hell is not the eternal... Now, let me stop right here and clarify this. Hell is forever. Hell is an eternal fire, but hell is not the everlasting place of the sinner. Amen. You got it. The Bible teaches that hell and death were cast into the lake of fire. Am I in the book? Are you following me around the track? Amen. Now watch this. Ezekiel 18 and verse 4. Behold, this is the Lord. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Ain't that right, Mabel? You understand tonight, people says, I can't see how that God can be a loving God and send somebody to hell. God doesn't send people to hell. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. If you go to hell, it will be against the will of God and you have chosen to go to hell. Preacher, I just don't think... I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I'm being honest and sincere and I'm trying to give you everything God gave me. If you go to hell, it'll be against the will of God. It'll be against the will of the New Testament local church. Amen. And it'll be across the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God doesn't send people to hell. If you go to hell, it's because you made a decision to reject God. One, one sin is unforgivable. God will not forgive only one sin. You can be a whoremonger. You can lay around with everything coming and going and still go to heaven after you've been forgiven. Amen? You can be a homosexual that God has forgiven you. Amen? And go to heaven. You can be a murderer and God forgive you and you go to heaven. Well, preacher, what is the one sin that God won't forgive? Blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. What is that? Rejection. What that's saying is when God's Spirit is convicting you, you're saying, Lord, I don't need your correction. That's you saying, Lord, I don't need you. I can do it on my own. Church, am I in the book? One sin that cannot be forgiven. All souls are mine. Ezekiel 18 and verse 20. The soul that sinneth it shall die. See, the soul of man, God gave the soul of man to us to have fellowship with Him. But we were born incomplete. We were broken. And it takes God's Spirit quickening us, making us alive. I'm going to try to circle the airport. God not only gave us the spirit, He gave us the soul, He also gave us the body. And the Lord, Genesis 2 and 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. You're the only thing that God ever made 
that he used his own hands. My, 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 my. You know, the Spirit tonight of God that lives in us makes us God conscious. Do you understand that? It makes us God conscious. The soul makes us self conscious. But the body makes us world conscious. What do you mean? The body's got senses. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. Oh, be careful. Amen. Oh, be careful, little. Oh, be careful, little. See, we live in the world. And do you know the world cannot get to your spirit unless it comes in through one of the gates of the body? What gates? The ear gate? The eye gate? Yeah! Oh, preacher, is that in the book? Yeah, it's in the book. And what this old preacher is trying to tell you tonight is we ever needed the Lord before we sure do need Him now. And the title of the message is Understanding the Relationship. See, the relationship between the Christian and God is only joined by the Spirit. See, God is a Spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I'm not going to ask you how many of you are hurting tonight. I'm not going to ask you how bad you feel. But let me just say this. Not only did God give us a body, but our bodies are temporary. Here's the last point of the message. The airplane's lowering the landing gear. Not only did God give us a body, but God gave us a new body. 1 Corinthians 15, 53, and 54. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible, this body, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, that's my new body, and this mortal, that's the body, shall have put on immortality, that's my new body, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave. <laughs> Romans 8. Vicki, get ready. Romans 8, 22 and 23. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. It breaks my heart to see people suffer. I'm just telling you. It hurts me. For people I love to hurt and to be in pain and to suffer the way that they do. Oh, but one day, yeah, 
See, right now, that body is groaning in the sufferings of fibromyalgia, Mm -hmm. of cancer, Mm -hmm. of coronavirus. This body is dying, but the new body is going to live forever. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. That's us. That's us. What's the first fruit of the Spirit? That's the Holy Ghost. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. That's the Christian. We got His Spirit living in us, but we still got aches and pains and struggles of the body. Waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of the body. Preacher, what kind of body are we going to get? I'm glad you asked me. We're going to get a body likened unto the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of body is that? He walked through the walls. Am I a neighbor? I'm in the book. Yes, sir. He told Mary. He said, touch me not yet. He said, for I've not yet ascended to my God and thy God. Neighbor, you understand? Honey, when he went up into glory, he offered up himself as the sacrifice. He sprinkled his own blood on the mercy seat in glory. And he got a new body. And thank God I'm going to get the same thing that Jesus got. But the sinner won't. Neighbor, please understand the relationship. God has a desire for everybody. Everybody to be made whole. He has a desire for everybody to be made complete. Why would God do that, preacher? Because once our spirit has been revived and quickened by His Spirit... We can then have the restored fellowship that Adam lost in the garden. Stand with me, please, around the church. And I just want to make this statement tonight. As the musicians play softly, Pastor John, would you come out, please, and help me? When Adam and Eve were in their perfect bodies in the garden before they failed, Do you recall the Bible says that God would come and walk with them in the cool of the day? But you will not find after the judgment of mankind in the garden that God came to walk with them. Why, preacher? Because they were broken. Genesis 3 and 22 says this, Now, lest man should take and reach forth and eat of the tree of life and live forever. They had an opportunity to be restored before they left the garden. But they didn't.